I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And I'm Lee Alexander. And welcome to Terminal 7. And we're back. That's right. Once again, with another guest, a very special guest. We only have special guests, though. That's right. Who do we have? Who do we have? Who's this? Today, with us, we have Miss Lee Alexander. Hello. Hello. How are you, Lee? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited. Of course. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, so I guess we just we just start at the very beginning. So you you dig Netrunner, of course, because you wouldn't be on the show if you didn't. Uh, yeah. What ab- what about it is is interesting to you? Like what what did, have you played a game like this before? Is this kind of your first foray into a collecting tradable this type of game? Yeah, it's actually my first card game ever. Oh. Um, my work is video games. I'm a video games uh, design and experience writer and critic and columnist and journalist. Right. And um, I, I focus on the design of digital interactive entertainment. And I've never, ever um, been interested in collectible card games or living card games before. I mean, it's I, I play a lot of tabletop games um, these days. But for the most part, I always found card games to be really alienating. I am not mathsy whatsoever. Um, I have to count on my fingers constantly, so I tend to be very intimidated by things that have multiple sets of numbers on them. Um, like I never even played the Pokemon card game when I was young. I collected them because they looked pretty. Yeah, to this day, I don't even know how to play the Pokemon card game. And I found, for example, like I took one look at Magic and I was like, nope. <laughs> not yeah. gonna be me ever um yeah and so i guess uh so um there was a previous um terminal seven guest um quentin smith who's quite adept at board and card games and uh one night i asked him almost on a dare to teach me netrunner because that was the joke that it wasn't gonna stick that it was so antithetical to anything that i could possibly be interested in um and so like i had a couple glasses of wine i'm like yeah show me this netrunner game and uh and lo and behold <laughs> well i mean it didn't actually stick right i mean yes it was incredibly intimidating um, I found it uh, overwhelming in terms of all the information that there was to process. I found the calculations to be very uh, frustrating, and, and they snowed me under really rapidly. But I was like, you know what? This is the one that I am going to bang my head against until I figure it out, because I think that I would grow from the experience of learning this game. I think that my understanding of game design would be enhanced. I think that I could help maybe tackle some of my weaknesses, um, you know, cognitively and computationally, you know, by mastering this game. I could, you know, and then I wanted the satisfaction of really applying myself to something that was, as I said, so antithetical to anything I'd previously um been interested in and I love the theme and I love how the mechanics support the theme I love how naturally storytelling emerges from Netrunner it's yeah. not something that I expected at all I, I thought that um, actually you know I, I previously listened to a podcast uh, your podcast where you're talking about magic and you sort of found that you know the premise was a, was pretty thin um, support for the mechanics where it was like okay well you have a graveyard and monsters come out of it and that's about as far as it goes but um, the depth of this universe has just been so thrilling for me and um I really love the you know stylizing and storytelling and characterization and um you know I I understand that whether or not theme matters is a pretty contentious issue in the physical game community but it really matters for me Mm -hmm. um and I think it's been really enticing for me um you know as has the particular challenge of learning a game that is so brilliantly designed and yet so um 
you know outside your wheelhouse yeah Yeah. yes very outside my wheelhouse that said i've been playing for about a month and a half i play like 10 games a week now like we meet two different groups twice a week that's hardcore yeah that's a lot of games yeah yeah yeah. like (laughs) i play with quins all the time and i am just so hooked and now i actually get to the point where i think i'm at you know like i'm I'm pretty competent in it awesome and yeah and it it it's I've never experienced this sense of satisfaction and depth with a game before. It's really uh, it's really sucked me in. I'm really into it. Now that that is a good introduction. I also realize that we are terrible hosts, and we <laughs> should have maybe done a slightly better job of saying who you are and what you do. <laughs> That's um, okay. Luckily, you saved our ass there. Yeah, we did. But yeah, yeah um, for anyone not familiar, Lee is a rather pro- prolific games writer journalist however you want yeah, to I don't, think I, about it oh, i am completely ambivalent about the term you use i do some journalism i do some writing and i do editorial you know whatever you want to call it i write about video games and the people who make them and the culture of play around them yes yeah, so like if, if if you're not at all familiar you can find tons of lee's work on stuff like gamasutra and edge and kotaku and stuff like that um but yes, it is. It is very interesting. I think like a lot of people, and I, I, we've kind of talked about this before. Um, I'm, I don't. I think it's probably not that there's any one specific thing that makes Netrunner really sticky for a lot of people. I think it's that it has so many different things that are all good that folks, regardless of kind of their general proclivities, will find something like enough of a something that their kind of their foot gets stuck in the tar pit, and then yeah. they're just they're all the way in, and then they're gone. Yeah. What made me think that I might really get attached to it is that um, roguelikes have been really big, and and roguelike likes <laughs> have yeah. been um, are are pretty popularly made in um, computer and video games now. And I was finding that despite believing that I didn't like roguelikes, I was like, ah, you know, they're hardcore and they're you know these sort of very mechanical experiences. I found myself getting hopelessly sucked into anything that resembled a roguelike, and I. You know, because I'm a games critic and I think about those kind of things. I was like, why do I like these games? And I was like, well, it's the balance of calculated risk and randomness. Um, It Mm -hmm. is, you know, having just enough information to make the next decision. Every experience is similar enough that you can gradually feel that you're, you know, developing competence at it. But it's going to be different enough that you don't ever know what to expect. And that's the thing that I find really hooky. And I think that... Netrunner as a card game does for my brain the same thing a lot of the roguelikes that I like um, do. And so I think there's there's there has to be some kind of relationship there for me. Yeah, I think so. Does the like how does the actual the fact that you're playing against another human being competitiveness of it? Because that's obviously a thing that a lot of there aren't a lot of big like straight up one V one digital games right i mean there's like kind of the canonical one would probably be starcraft i guess yeah but all the other like huge multiplayer stuff it's like it's either it's team-based like dota or some shooter or whatever or it's like cooperative like a left for dead or something like that it's like do you do you find the fact that you're just playing against another kind of single singular human being and it's like a test of your will versus theirs. Do you find that, was that interesting or was just kind of yeah, like... Yeah, actually, yes. And that's one of the surprising things about it because that's never something that has been seductive to me <laughs> in video games. Um, there's actually, so the magazine that I work for and have worked for for six or seven years now is called Gamma Sutra and it is a magazine, uh, an online website for um, game developers. It's about the art and business of game development primarily. And there is a joke that my colleagues make at my expense um, that I've sort of engendered and encouraged and I have a laugh at as well, that Lee is a competitive StarCraft player and the joke is that it's just not possible. Um, <laughs> the joke <laughs> is that, yeah, the joke is that StarCraft is the most alienating game in the world to me. The joke is that I don't often enjoy multiplayer games. I'm I especially don't enjoy um, competitive games. I usually play single-player games, um, and I may 
play cooperative spelunky and that's as far as it goes um but yeah for the first time i find that i'm enjoying the sort of intellectual meta stuff with my social group and with the other player across the table and um i think that's actually like one of the hardest strengths to quantify about Netrunner is that, you know, whenever people talk about Netrunner, I find people really enjoy being statisticians. They really enjoy, um, you know, I read about decks online because now I'm that person. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and there's, you know, I, I have my decks on Meteor and there's all the, like the, the nerdy stats about, you know, how, what percentage of decks like yours run this card? How many do they run? What is the likelihood it'll be in your opening hand? And I see people talk and write about Netrunner as this thing that you can sort of calculate and quantify mathematically. Um, um, which is fun and an optimistic way to think about it. But the fact is that the human element of the game is so significant. Um, I find it really, really fascinating, fascinating. And one of the, I think I really started to love the game when I learned that you're going to constantly experience, be experiencing a sense of lateral growth. Like you can master the game as much as you want, but the person across the table can still outplay you even, you know, under any circumstance. Right. Like it, it is not a sheer mechanical exercise um, as much as it looks like it is. And as much as the you know, relative depth and complexity of the mechanics are what you know, makes it popular, it's all the little random human elements that make it fun and that make it sticky and that ensure that you know, no, uh, no two experiences of the game are going to be the same. And that's what really drew me in, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I find for sure is that people who get really hardcore about like the mathematical, rigorous, pseudo-statistical analysis, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's... it's that's fine. Like, there's obviously useful information to glean there, but I think there's definitely a danger when people kind of take that stuff as gospel, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh well, according to this set of statistics that I kind of made up because none of this stuff is actually anchored in the real world anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that oh, this this type of deck is the best. Therefore, that's yeah. the only thing to play. It's like, well, that's that's almost I like. Feel like- Go, yeah, go. even if you like mathematically engineered the perfect deck or like, you know, we look, you know, we've looked at the decks that commonly win the national tournaments or whatever. And we see it's like this Andromeda deck or, you know, that, you know, whatever the decks are that win the most often. And it's like, yeah, OK, I could make that deck and I could play it. And even let's say I became a really good Netrunner player so that I knew what to do in all kinds of situations like that almost wouldn't be fun. Like, okay, great. Like, you made the perfect deck. Congratulations. Like, I almost resent that because you're excusing yourself from the element of the game that is about thinking of new ways to use new cards or trying something that is just completely, in, you know, completely unexpected and unusual or challenging yourself to incorporate a card just because it's neat. Right. Or, you know, trying to be the one person in your local meta that tries something new. Like, that to me is so, like, that's the game for me. Mm-hmm. The social element. Like, we just entered. Um, so I'll be actually doing my first tournament tomorrow locally here in London. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I never pictured myself doing anything like this. So it's, it's, I'm really grateful to the game for drawing me out of my element in such a way. And um, it's so funny because, like, when I joined, so many more of my friends also joined because they realized that we could just do it for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. because like I'm not an expert player. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty competent now, I think. But, you know, I don't think I have a chance of winning the tournament. But it's like, wow, let's just go have fun. Like, Uh it doesn't have to be this very serious statistical, you know, when I think about StarCraft tournaments, like it doesn't sound like something people do just for fun. But I like to be masochistic to be entering a StarCraft tournament, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree, actually. But like this actually sounds like something that as you know, I, I hesitate to say it, but as geeky as it seems and as alienating as it seems, 
it can actually be this incredibly cool social fun thing that all my friends have started doing. So I'm, I'm really into it. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. That that's like uh, your experience too, Nels, right? Because you weren't into the into entering tournaments or yeah. running tournaments. Much no, no, no. <laughs> I, I definitely never played in like a either. Uh, I don't think I'd ever. Ooh, maybe once in like high school, I might have played in a magic tournament, I think. But I don't even remember if I did or not. And if I did, the experience was definitely so miserable that I never wanted to do it again. Like, yeah. did you... I never saw myself as having anything in common with the kids in school who did magic tournaments. And here I am like in a Netrunner tournament and it doesn't feel like the same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like you didn't I mean, play. I'm sure there's a lot of magic fans out there and I don't want to cast dispersions on their coolness. But... I don't think they listen to us, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, you're, you're, you're safe here. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, we just actually, Jesse and I ran a tournament last weekend up here. Yeah, um, that, was a, that was a great turnout. It we was awesome. Guys from Seattle, from yeah? Oregon. Yeah. How, many pe- how many people participated? We had 26 or 4. 24, 24 I 24 people, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was great. I, we just crammed into the utility room in my apartment building, and <laughs> oh we, God, we awesome. ran out of chairs, so people had to switch out with like playing an off game on the floor, on the floor and yeah. stuff. But, how did you guys do? Uh, I was dead middle. I was. Uh, we, we we were both in the top ten. Um, I think Jesse had. You were either ninth or. 10th? I was tenth. I think. I okay, think and 10th. I think I was eighth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was really well, that's good. Nice. Yeah, and and, and uh, some good friends of ours were in the top. Uh, James Lance took it, I believe. Yep. Yeah, James uh, Lance. Oh wow! Took it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know him. He uh, he had he had, over over the past couple of weeks he had invested a great deal of time <laughs> tweaking his decks yeah, and he doing was, a lot of he was hungry you could, yeah you he could was tell. hungry <laughs> for it so he it was definitely it was uh, it was well earned mm. I think um, but yeah it was it was a blast once again like the I don't I don't know what it is about the game but it's just the people it attracts are even though like there's definitely people who are competitive in 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 a good way in like a healthy way right like they want to yeah. do something yeah. interesting do something different have fun and be challenging like nobody's a douche yeah, I, yeah. actually i mean the, the, you're just missing the fun if you're that guy who only cares about winning yeah or yeah i guess yeah. she was like Kay- kaylee was playing a guy from seattle and the guy had super bad luck and kaylee drew like all his agenda points in the first two turns and kaylee just looked at him and said like look let's not do that let's just say that didn't happen and let's just do that again. And find oh, f- find me another turn. And and so he's the guy's like, "Are you sure? Are you serious? Like, are, really?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Nobody yeah. wants to win that way. Yeah. yeah. And so it's funny because then they played through their game before through the game after that. And then uh, the guy's like, "Look, I can't do this. Like, you won fair and square." And Kay's like, "Okay, sure, whatever, man." Like, it was so chill. It was. Oh, it was, that's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, what is is there anything in so this is like tomorrow is going to be like your first time ever doing this kind of tournamenty thing right yeah yeah oh, exactly. it's so exciting um, it's in the basement of a local game store and i guess there are like 40 people signed up oh that's, oh, that's gonna be great yeah it's, it's at max capacity and we're gonna all be like in a basement and um oh that's awesome working hard on netrunner all day yeah it's exactly the kind of scenario that my co-workers would think i was absolutely um joking if i told them that that was happening oh that's so cool yeah that's awesome it is yeah it's a revolution in my comfort area and i'm i'm so proud of myself and I really enjoy playing it with my friends, and it's like all we talk about now. I'm super excited about it. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I, I, I'm excited for you too. That's yeah. great. Yeah, oh, we, did, we we will definitely uh, maybe after the after the um, after the tournament is over, you can just send us an email, or maybe we'll have you on again you know. in the future or something. You know. But yeah. I, 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 yeah, definitely would like to know how it goes. Well, I signed up when you know when I was reminded that you know you, there's a prize card if you lose, and it's special. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I if I place last, I won't be too disappointed. But I actually, you know, I actually I don't feel like I'll do too badly because my decks do really really well around here, and all my friends are also entering. So it's like if I can beat them a lot, 
maybe I can beat them in the tournament. Totally. Yeah, that's a good way of looking yeah. at it, too. Yeah. Well, you, I think, actually, funnily enough, at the tournament, our tournament last weekend, Jesse and I played each other in the last round. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we both won as the runner. Yes, right? we, yes we both won yeah. as the runner. Yeah, I lost you, the corp. Yeah. You yeah. account siphoned me twice and vent me oh, three times. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course it, you did. That was, yeah. I you was, bastard. Uh, <laughs> and the, yeah, the, there was a lot of story, and that, and that was a really fun game. It was yeah. fun to throw down again. Yeah, that was good. Um, we're actually, we're cosplaying to this tournament, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> All yes. in, in for a penny, in for a pound. I mean, I a little it. bit. So we have, we have a friend who looks exactly like the guy on the Easy Mark card. Oh, wow. <laughs> and oh, no, he I've, got like, uh, he got a USA flag, our, our friend Sai. Yeah, uh, I've seen, got, I saw it, so sorry, I think, yeah, the, you saw is, that. Is, he, is he a Kotaku guy? Yeah, but he's improved the look since then. He got oh, a green excellent. hoodie with an America patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, and and um, I know you've seen my um, my femme fatale Facebook picture. Like, I feel like if I do the makeup, I I, I can I can pass for a pretty good femme fatale. Oh yeah. I have dark curly hair. So yeah, we're gonna. I'm just gonna put a spider on my face and not go really all out because like it's really. Quinn said, um, you know, you really want to show up at a tournament and ha- and be femme fatale and be beaten by like a twelve year old. Um, <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, that'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. So and and we we're still we're still deciding on our our team name. Um, we thought we'd call ourselves the source. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, well, because it's like cool lady and waster guy. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, obviously we don't have a real team. It just means that we'll all go in together rooting for each other. Yeah. Um, so um, Cy liked to call us efficiency committee, so we think that's good. That's oh, pretty good, too. That's pretty good, too. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's how nerdily excited we are for tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's intense. That's everything. that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is good. I like it. I'm kind of glad. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm kind of glad none of the cards look like me. To be, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait. Yeah, just yeah, wait. Here, here it comes. We, can, we can dress you up like something. Doesn't yeah. matter. I I think if I lost as uh, dressed as femme fatale, that'd be kind of a bummer. So so what well, we're, what we're gonna do okay. is we will roll the uh, the mascot for the Vancouver Canucks. And we will get mm. you a giant orca costume, and you can go as Darwin. Yeah, yeah. Hey, oh my god, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, is so. This isn't like the um, the official Fantasy Flight Chronos Protocol tours. Those aren't yet, right? Or is, is I have this? No idea. Okay, so okay. This is, I have this no is just, idea. This is just like a home. This is just like a local organized local thing, tournament, yeah. right? Yeah, probably. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, that th- I can hesitantly answer that that's the case. Cool. Well, that <laughs> means that in probably a couple months, you'll have an opportunity to do yet another tournament, but a fancy oh. official yeah, just ones. for Europe one. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah. See we how this get goes. That. We'll see yeah. how this goes. I might emerge from the basement trembling and never desiring to enter a tournament again, but it, I will be proud that I tried it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I honestly don't think that will happen. Yeah, I suspect I really it will don't. be the opposite. You will, have, you will likely, if it was anything like my experience, you will come away with a great hunger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I usually, you know, every time I play, whether I win or lose, I'm just like, again, again, yep. again. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. There was, a, there was one night this week, oh, was it Wednesday? It was either Wednesday night or Thursday night, that I was like, after, at like, at like eight, maybe, I was like, oh, I'll get it a couple of games on Octagon. And then it was one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It was it's mostly because be- I don't know how to use that. Yeah. It, well, because, like, I mean, Octagon's fine, but it's definitely a poor substitute it for in-person yeah. play. And it kind of bums yeah. me out that recently I've been playing way more on Octagon than I have in person, and I need to yeah. actually yeah. change that. Because I like, I like to be able to read the other player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, us- I watch their behavior. I watch how long it takes them to make decisions. Um, sometimes they'll do that thing where they put something in a server and go, uh, no, something else. And so I'm like, okay, I'm running on HQ then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, I've, I probably wouldn't like um, playing on Octagon, even if it wasn't didn't look like it would 
terribly confuse me. Yeah, it's... It, 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 definitely while you're playing Octagon, you're like, I wish I was playing somebody real. Yeah, I think yes. I, the way I found it. Yeah. Um. Well, we should we should roll on toward talking about the the final two factions that we haven't discussed yet. Yeah. So we're um, all out of content for the all, rest of. That's right. After <laughs> this, it's just going to be like a five minute hello. Yeah, and I'll then... talk about my dog for a while. Yeah, and we'll be done. We'll go home. <laughs> um. But for the runner factions, the one that we haven't discussed yet. Uh, is the criminals? Yeah, perhaps we the can, we can just skip them. They, they nah. people hear enough about. Them. <laughs> well, that's why you have to pick the weirdest criminal card possible, and we'll talk about that one. The one that <laughs> the ones that don't get talked about. Um, I mean, of course, anyone for most people should have probably be familiar with this by now. But on the off chance some folks are listening to this and like kind of new to the game or whatever, um, criminals their strengths definitely lie in events having a ton of very strong events. Uh, they like to either directly or indirectly do terrible things when accessing the corporation's HQ. They like to cost you money. Yes. 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 And they have the best killers, the best sentry icebreakers in the game. And sentries are the scariest pieces of ice. Yes. So you could even argue well. they have some... Well, <laughs> and, and I was right. In a lot of cases, sentries are, will kick the crap out of you. And you'll have a... Yes. Yeah. And yeah. they're the hardest to break. They yeah. usually have the, the worst uh, side effects on the, on the subroutines. So, yeah. And also, criminals tend to run really light, which I always liked. Yes. Like, they, they, they don't have a lot of breakers out. They just kind of have Desperado and just kind yeah. of start hitting everything. Yeah, well, I mean, much like with the Anarch identities, the two criminal identities that have been... They're actually in the game thus far, excluding Laramie Fisk, um, are kind of exemplify the things they're about really well, right? Like... First is Gabe, which gives you two bucks every single time. No, the first time in your turn, you access HQ. So it's like, oh, okay, HQ pressure. And then Andromeda, good old Andromeda, yep. uh, starts with nine cards. And it's like, okay, well, what kind of card? And you obviously you have to use up four of them or, th- or you're throwing them away. So what's what's the stuff that you're going to be able to like blow four of on your very first turn? And it's like mm-hmm. a bunch of events plus a bunch of cheap programs. Yep. Right. Um, so uh, events-wise... What's like what what feels the most criminal to you? I, okay, we'll just put it out there. There's a count siphon. Yeah, we but, don't need to yeah. say if you, anything. If, about if, that. I run three of those in my Anarch deck. Actually. Yep, yep. And 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 you're so and, does and Jesse. You've been winning. You've been winning. So we. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm. I'm sure you're an amazing player, but I know siphon is an amazing card, and it's just so so swingy, right? Like all of a sudden you're out of money, and I have all this money, and I'm gonna spend it all, and. Yeah. Do you, uh, uh, Lee, do you float tags? Like, do you keep tags or do you clear no, them? No, 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 no. You clear no, them? No. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I will. Um, and, you know, I, I think I've learned the hard way. I mean, because I run an NBN deck that is just is a tag hell deck. So I, oh, myself, okay. don't li- don't, I myself don't like to be tagged, especially because up until recently I wasn't even running Plaskreets. Um, so, I love it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care for being tagged. No, so I will usually, um, like, I'll... I'll account siphon, and then, like, sometimes I'll same old thing it again, um, and then I'll try to clear the tags. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I don't like being tagged, no. Well, that is that is one of the, um, one of the things that, because the criminals tend to pick up tags doing stuff, they also have a bunch of cards that let them clear them. Specifically, and yeah. we kind of talked about this when we talked about true colors, but lawyer up. It's like, yeah. that is... A very, very criminal card, right? It's like, lose yeah, those... Yeah, I hate to see that one. Yep. <laughs> lose those two tags. Where'd they come from? Oh, of course they came from Account Simon. Oh, and, and, and draw three cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just in case that wasn't good enough that you cleared yeah. two, two tags for two bucks. Uh, yeah. What, what do you, Jesse, do you have other favorite criminal... Or most, find, most iconic criminal I find uh, Inside Job is yep. really quite huge because Inside Job is... 
like if all they need to do is to get in your HQ once to to emerge because once the criminals in your HQ, they can just start ruining your day. Yeah. And if you do an inside job into their like if you just skip an ice, I'm usually more worried about inside job than I am because if you do that server advance advance behind one piece of ice, like mm-hmm. you need that. You you need an ice wall in front of it or else they're just going to inside job you. And yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. I I I'm I'm quite scared of inside job uh, as a, as a corporation. Yeah. It's gross. Talk- I hate um I hate sneak door beta. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and then they doppelgang again. And, yeah. That's just the worst. <laughs> yep. Um. Other events. So the other thing that it seems like Criminal has a lot of access to is, to, I mean, Shaper kind of has some of this as well, but uh, the Criminals have a lot of different tutoring options. There's yeah. Special Order. Special Order is huge. Which is just like, it lets you just include one copy of some really powerful icebreaker, like Corroder, like every Andromeda runs, and then you just Special Order it, grab it, and then you just ruin somebody's life um but hostage i think Uh, is also really interesting because it means you can run a bunch of again one copy of some particular connection and now you can do interesting stuff with it right like there might josh b right yeah is he a a dude sure yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. i think you could i think you could probably put a cool criminal thing together that just had one copy of joshua b and some bunch of hostages used it for something yeah um you know you can also use it to grab up a katie jones or a professional contacts yeah that's right helpful ai woman in the red dress like oh, a I bunch hate that one too. Oh, I love it. And especially like that's actually I think a thing I haven't done but would be interesting is like use kind of aim to use hostage to pull out just that one copy of woman in the red dress you got cuz as criminal you're going to be putting a lot of pressure on HQ anyway so it's like let's let, let's mess with the R&D. Let's mess with it even more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and so so I guess so I guess you're right. Tutoring is a big a big yeah, deal. Of, of like yeah, of not programs. Like, obviously, Shaper has tons of either direct or indirect program yeah. tutoring as well. But for stuff outside of that, at least right now, Criminal's the only one that can tutor, like, not program programs, stuff. Programs, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, it's going yeah. to be the tutor hardware that's going to be a pretty crazy. Yeah. And I don't know who's going to get that. Maybe Hopefully yeah. it's Anarchs or something. But, God, it would be Because, like, you could, if that existed, like, oh, you just pull out that one copy of some console you've got. Well, everyone runs Desperado. Yeah. And it's like, that's just attributed to the, well, it, oh, it's like a win more card. And it's a good seg, criminal a, hardware. Criminal hardware, right. Yeah. Let's talk so there's, hardware. yeah, there's Desperado, which is just about getting money for doing that thing you wanted to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, I find a first turn Desperado as a corp, you're just like, oh, this is oh, going to be an uphill God. battle already. Yeah. Like, you lose, it's just a crazy card. I mean, the only, it used to not matter, but now it is a slight vulnerability in that Desperado is super cheap. It's only... What three bucks? Yeah, it's three bucks. I think yeah, it's which like a is, modded. Yeah, yeah. Which does mean at least that the corporation can power shut down it. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, if if like someone had just a desperado and a corroder, and you dropped a three point power shutdown, I don't know what you'd get rid of. Which you'd want to get rid of. I, but huh. yeah. Aside probably, from that, Des- desperado is basically all upside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? And uh, criminal hardware. Um, E3 is criminal hardware. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at that the other day, actually. Have, so have you nice. have you used it? No. Oh, it's it's it, <laughs> no. It is hilarious when you actually play it versus it is, an HB guy. It's it is like, the bane of bioroids. It just it just dumps all over them. It's great. Yeah. It, I was playing recently. I've been kind of mucking around with an HB brain damage deck, and I was playing someone last night. And as soon as they dropped that E3, I was just like, oh. Yeah, you kind of well, you kind of lost the game. I, yeah, I, I did. Did I manage to pull that one out? No, I did not. But I got close. Uh, but yeah, E three is 
and it, it i mean another good thing that e3 lets you do is so basically if anyone's not familiar because it's a card that people run less i That's guess true. it's a piece of hardware it only costs yeah, like, actually i don't i don't see anyone running it um so actually yeah it would be cool if you could explain yeah. how it would work in a few different contexts it's uh, only what like two or three credits to install i, believe it's I think two. it's like four no no no, yeah. no. it's I, i'm pretty sure it's not that heavy it's it's i'm gonna i'm gonna find it right here it's relatively cheap, but what it does is that basically what it allows you to do is after you've broken a subroutine, by any means, breaking further subroutines on that piece of ice, you can do for just spending a single credit. Yeah, it, yeah. it's two bucks to install. And it's two, yeah. two influence. It's two influence, yeah. Which yeah. means that like for all the Bioroid ice, especially the 1.0 Bioroid ice, yeah, yeah. You, you click through the first subroutine and then you just pay two bucks for the other one, yeah. and then that's it. Um, and people also use it with like Darwin and, Darwin and Knight, Knight, Knight as, as well. well. Like any ice that has high cost to break the subroutines, you only have to pay it once, which is kind of yeah. nice. Um, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it, it actually doesn't synergize with any criminal programs super well because no, like they're the, all quite good, aren't they? Yeah. Well, the the icebreakers that they have that tend to be really expensive on the subroutine breaking thing, it's usually because they're breaking like three at a time. Right. It's like Leviathan, you know, spend three credits to break three subroutines. Well, mm. E3 is not really going to help you out much there. But I, I was sort of considering splashing it in my in my Reina deck because yeah. My problem is that I never have it. Like, I even took the knights out because they were too expensive, and I just really use Crypsis and Parasites, basically. Nice. <laughs> and, um, yeah, um, the good thing about the deck, you know, with account siphons in it and stuff, is that usually the corp can't afford the ice in the first place, so I just keep walking all over it, and then I can emergency shut down things again. Um, so I have, yeah, I have three account siphons and one emergency shutdown um, in it, and... The problem is, though, that I often really bankrupt myself getting through things with multiple subroutines. So it's like, I was looking at that, I was like, ah, I wish there was some way I could put this in. Right. And then I was like, I wish it was possible to, like, maybe run a criminal deck with more Anarch Splash because I keep wanting to go in that direction. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a really useful card that I would love to find a way to incorporate yeah. into my next runner deck. I mean, the other, like, especially if you're going uh, a Reina Roja or Wizard, like, kind of Econ Denial-focused yeah. deck, the, the one thing that obviously makes you sad is when the corporation is using a bunch of oversight AIs or bioroid efficiency research to basically, yeah. like, artificially res their eyes ahead of time. But... Yeah. Then you get E3s, and this is what happened to me last night. <laughs> and it's just like, all that work doesn't matter, and the whole thing just just falls apart like a sad falling apart thing. Sad falling apart <laughs> thing. Yeah, my, my only hope after that is to try to like shut it down and then put a rook on it so it never comes back or something. Right. Mm. Um, and then the other bit, I think, of pretty iconic... Um, criminal hardware even though it's not it doesn't see any play yet but it probably will very soon is lemuria yeah, code cracker code cracker that's right where yeah i don't see anyone use that one either yeah it's just one credit to install and it's basically once one once it's installed you can spend a click and a credit if you've already made a run a successful run on hq this turn then later you spend a click and a credit to expose one card of your choice um, so while it's like, it's okay now, but with stuff like Blackguard, yeah, with, with satellite uplink and infiltration, it doesn't see that much play, but there's a console coming. I think, I, I think it's, it's, in, honor it's in honor and profit. Right. Yeah. It's a new, uh, criminal console that whenever an ice is exposed, the corporation must res it. If, if they able. if they, if they're able to pay for it. So you want to deny credits to start exposing cards yeah. like crazy. Yeah. 
So that's the, I think once that console exists, probably a lot more people will be bringing back Lemuria Code yeah. Cracker. That, that, that console's no slouch. I think I believe it costs eleven. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. Yeah, but, yeah. it would be a sad sad time probably. Yeah, bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cool. Okay. Uh, and, uh, the criminal programs. Right. Um, as Lee mentioned earlier, Sneak Door Beta. Yeah, is I love Sneak Door. Absolutely it's a so very, good. very, very criminal card. Yeah. Where you get into HQ, but you get into it the way that no one, you know, that usually is just considered like you can leave archives undefended for ages. No, they basically just doesn't really matter. Ice archives and to like not put anything down that isn't iced. Like, yeah. yeah. And 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 everyone's played the game as a corp where you're focusing on all like. Keeping people out of two centrals is hard enough. Yeah, and then adding the third, and plus usually you you didn't pre ice it, so they still got a a couple free sneak door hits, which they can just ruin your whole day with. Yeah, Yeah. and oh, oh, they happened to a couple turns ago install an HQ interface or two, and you're sitting on three agendas in your hand, and now you're really really sad. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The best thing that you can hope to get out of that is that if you have an undefended archive, they're just going to use it to sneak in, and they're not running on it. So if you like are running Jackson Howard, you can like hide agendas in your archive for a while because they would rather. Hit your, run in via archive than hit archive. Yes, yeah, that yeah. is something I've done I've successfully done in the past. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is cool. Yeah, Kaylee's actually really into that. He had like something like four points in his um, archives. <laughs> just like whatever. Like he, he just really because like, because you've seen him play. He like plays very straight. Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. You just don't know if he's bluffing or yeah. what's going on up there. But <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, very very cool program. Probably probably my favorite criminal program as well. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, the other thing that kind of criminals are very good at is kicking the corporation when they're down oh, yeah. um because that's like that's ultimately what account siphon's about right it's like i'm gonna steal your money and then i'm gonna make all these terrible destructive runs and you can't do anything about it yep um and really the card that exemplifies that more than anything else though i think is, is that, gorman drip is gorman drip yeah <laughs> i actually i splashed that one too oh, wow you have a, well, a very mean anarch deck then i can yeah, yeah. i'm i'm uh ever my 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 friends who are sort of criminally opposed sort of are like really how dark side are you gonna go yeah <laughs> yeah that is that, yeah, is, that I, is yeah i have let's see i spent all my influence on three account siphons one emergency shutdown one gorman drip i think right now but even when i wasn't running those i had like two account siphons two shutdowns or um i was also i had like crescentuses in there so it's like nice. I'm, I'm very hung- i'm very hungry to go over to the criminal side i think yeah <laughs> yeah i mean and that's the fact that gorman drip is indeed of our okay again because it's it doesn't get played a ton um it's just a. I only have one. I can just gin it out. Exactly. So mm. it's, it is a one. I think one or two credit install virus. Yep. And what it does is that as long as it's in play, whenever the corporation spends a click to either draw a card or gain a credit, you or know, those, re- recover from a siphon. Yeah, those kind the, of things yeah. you do right <laughs> after you've been account siphoned to nothing. Uh, the Gorman Drip program gets a virus counter on it, and then yeah. at any time during the, the runner's turn, they can spend a click sack the gorman drip and they get one credit for every counter on there which is just ludicrous so of course the corporation can purge it but but they'd rather wait until you have tokens on like medium and like or like i run so many token dependent viruses that i think they watch those nervously and i can actually really accrue a lot of tokens on my gorman drip so long as the other ones haven't built up yet yeah exactly it's just like okay you 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 know you account siphon or otherwise reduce the corporation to almost no money and then you drop a gorman drip and get you know and it's like okay well you can get back your money and then waste your next turn clearing the virus counters or you'll try to get more money or it's just like it's just a prison yard beatdown where yeah. you're just like, I give up, I give up. And it's like, no, it really more. puts the corp on the back foot. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do either of you guys dig in terms of criminal programs? programs. Um, 
I th- I think like this is used a bunch. Uh, fem the fact that fem exists makes me hate a lot of ice that I love. Right. Uh, <laughs> I like I I I ran a bunch of Tobus in a Wayland, and they're awesome until someone starts running fem. Like, yeah. Uh, fem Vital, and I remember fem Vital was one of those cards early on that you're like, this costs nine. I don't get it. Like when you're just starting. Yeah, I can't. I don't see a universe where I could afford it. Yeah, and but then it's like, oh wow, I can just it pays itself off. First run, like first yeah. first piece of ice, you just like bypass. It's just crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Someone in my group actually test runs it so that it builds up and then they can use it. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that is actually a very nice thing you can do. If I mean, I you you can do that either way, but probably it's more likely going to be a shaper is importing fem. Fems. Yeah, well, f- than, f- f- fems one influence. Yeah, so fems like, hey, everyone use me because I'm awesome. Right. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, then you can test run it. Put it on scavenge some remote it. that you just want, and yeah. then the next turn, install it on the real thing, or scavenge it to do that immediately, or whatever. Yeah, it's a very versatile card that, like, I I really like big awesome ice, and Fem just kind of laughs at it. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other, I mean, in general, just criminals tend to have very strong killers. Like fairy, fairy is sick. Fairy is nuts. Fairy is so good. Yeah, uh, uh, Nels, you, you were you were playing a CD. chaos theory, chaos fairy, theory. fairy rush. Fairy. Dash, yeah, and yeah. Was, uh, my Quinn's deck also splashes fairy. Also uses fairy in a chaos theory deck. Yeah, it is. It is really great because like the thing you hate seeing early in the game are almost always sentries, right? Like. You, you know, you blunder into an enigma. Okay, yeah, you lose a click. That kind of sucks. You blunder into an ice wall, whatever. But you blunder into a Fenris or, or a, Katana. a Neural Katana <laughs> or something, Katana. and you're actually really sad. Um, mm. So yeah, Fairy is what makes, like, and it costs nothing to install it, right? So it's like, that's just this giant safety blanket you have that now you can kind of run without really worrying about yeah. anything. And, and I like that it's trashed after. It's kind of like, sorry, a criminal. Like, yeah, okay, let's get, let's, let's keep going here. Like, yeah. there's like self-sac, like, program sacrifice that's, yeah i think that's yeah. pretty cool you just do the efficient thing and then you just move on yeah it's cool um finally criminal resources i i actually thought of uh i think data dealer is a very cool card i do too i think data dealer might make a comeback right so so data dealer uh if you're if no one's familiar with it because they're probably not because they're definitely not and uh, this was in the core yeah. set as well yeah okay here, here, here we go so it's a zero cost resource so already it's good for pawn shop yeah. like <laughs> and it's a connection so you can pull it out That's with right. hostage and it's cd which is i'm interested to see what cd connections do in the future yes. uh, and <laughs> you spend a click and forfeit an agenda and gain nine bucks like wow. nine bucks yeah and uh I think in the in the decks where it's going to be like mill heavy or like a daily reversal deck with keyhole, like things that just trash, like you just want to deck the corp. Oh. They're going to they're going to use the hell out of data dealers, right? Whatever they score, like yeah. sweet another nine nine buck boost, and I'll just like beat the beat the crap out of you again. Right, 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 right. Yeah, between yeah, especially in in a corp deck like mine, most of the agendas are one point, so it's like uh... yeah, oh perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah like, that's, that's especially like a, if if you can turn uh, a one point agenda into a three point agenda, that that is a fine trade off. Yeah, and like yeah. nine bucks is a lot of money. That, that's like a, a stim hack. Like yeah. that is like, and everyone knows how powerful stim hack is. Yeah. And this thing is like, oh, oh, I got a breaking news. Okay, no, I have actually I have nine bucks, and now I have yeah. power. And that, so I think it's a really yeah. cool resource. Yeah. And any um, agenda like cards that aren't actually agendas. Um, most notably, uh, notoriety. You right. can also sack that because it data counts data. as an agenda. It's a council yeah. agenda. I mean, you could technically also do it with Director Haas. Yep. Uh, but she's worth two points, so probably would yeah. want. I, I would hang on to her. Pay five to pay five to get rid of nine. Yeah. I also just love the oh, so- the confidence of the card. I scored, and I don't care. 
Just give me uh, like, like like the criminal selling this information to somebody else, right? And just not kidding, just like whatever. I'm gonna go get more. Yeah. You know, I I I, yeah, I the I theme love there the is theme awesome there. too. Yeah, yeah, that is very cool. Um, also, as far as kicking the corporation when they're down, compromised employee also <laughs> totally does that right. Where it's it's I think it's two bucks to install. Yep. You you know the 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 bonus the bonus the <laughs> thing that's just kind of nice is you get one reoccurring credit to use for opposing traces, which is cool. Yeah. But. The thing that sucks is you gain one credit whenever the corporation reses a piece of ice. So what does the corporation want and need to do to keep their stuff safe? Res ice. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, you could res that, but I'm just getting more money to do it. Yep. It's, yeah, between, like, compromised employee and Desperado and all the other stuff, you can just end up with, like, the, like, a single run, the criminal can end up coming out with more money than they went in with (laughs) even after chewing through some of your ice which is just gross um what other criminal resources do you think are really emblematic Mm. lee do you have any do you have any particular bits of fondness i don't i don't um you've named everything that i'm used to seeing in my local medicine sometimes i look through the deck and i'm like what are these things? Like, <laughs> Decoy. Yeah, like, think, yeah. yeah, it's it's almost like it's the deck that I have the weakest grasp on because um, the people that I know that play criminal play it in probably what is a very classic way. Right. So like these just a mountain of events gems of the criminal deck uh, probably yeah like are not sometimes yeah like sometimes I'm going through and I'm just looking to see what cards there are and I go on this rabbit hole of like what is this? Right. Wow, uh, how would I use that? A <laughs> rabbit hole? Oh jeez. Oh, oh my god. I, I thought we were going to do one of these without one of those. Well, you know? Nope. I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> uh, Mr. Lee is a is yes. A okay. Yeah. Mr. That's Lee is oh, also yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Another connection and. It's just and he's, in, he's a mafia guy, and yeah. he's not even really on your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. It's cool. I mean, what's... The, the, yeah, the, so, again, for people not familiar, Mr. Lee is a connection you install, and then when you... Instead of just drawing a single card, you can choose to draw two cards. You pick one, and you put the other one at the bottom of your deck. Yeah. Which... It's like smarter drawing. Which yeah, is basically, cool. smarter drawing. You get through your deck faster. You know, if you have just that one three of card that you that is really going to make a huge difference right now finding it is probably not that hard when you can look at eight cards in one turn yeah um the I, only, again, again again the tutoring i guess is yeah it's, right it's kind of like a soft tutoring yeah the only bummer is is when you pull up two cards and you're like these are both really good yep because uh, you know yeah. whichever one you're putting away you're not going to see that again for a really long time yep but in general, yeah. Initially, I was like, when I saw Mr. Lee when it came out, like in one of the Genesis Cycle Packs, I was like, you get, I'm like, okay, that seems kind of, uh, I don't really get it. But then I played it once, I was like, oh, never mind. This is actually awesome. <laughs> right, right. More, 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 more efficient. Cool. Oh, yeah. I actually wanted to return really quickly to programs and mention oh. one that wasn't used, and that was Snitch. I think Snitch is another one of those cards that's going to be making a comeback. Yes. Yeah. As soon yeah, as I used, to, I used to actually have that as well. Yeah. Uh, my deck. <laughs> did, you, did you run it in Anarch? Uh, yeah, I did, and I actually found that it was unhelpful because um, basically I need to be running all the time because I need to be making corpse res ice a lot, and then if I would snitch on things and see that they were bad or that I couldn't afford them, I wouldn't do them. And now it's like a lot of times they're 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 unlikely to they're at least as unlikely to res as they are to res. So like I was finding that I was having a much wealthier corp if I was snitching too often. Sure, right. sure. Which for my, for my deck, which is really economically um, underpowered, um, was a problem for me. So I stopped running it and I 
my deck got stronger when I stopped running Snitch. Yeah, and um, I think, but I think you you kind of hit it right there. I, like Snitch was really great as like when you were starting as a new player because yes. you basically get free reign to check stuff out. Help me learn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I kind of like about Snitch. And now with this with Blackguard decks coming out, I think it's even more powerful because it'll force the res on the exposed, and you can still jack out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like Snitch helps newer players not be scared of running because you can't yeah. be scared of running if, if you want to win yeah. if you want to play netrunner well yeah, yeah, yeah. and snitch is this yeah, nice i can little... now tell the difference between confident players and newer players because it's like oh i remember when i didn't ever run perfect like, I yeah remember, right like, i remember when i was afraid of running until you have all three of your icebreakers installed and, and, and a, a mountain of money. of money you're like okay i can finally start running yeah, I, yeah. I remember I was... it's more like what's the worst thing that can happen exactly like yeah. that's the question you have to ask yeah, yeah. and I, i'm every i actually played a, a quite a newer player in the tournament because i got stomped so fast uh <laughs> that they, they they switched me into a quite a new player and i knew it was new and so i was it was more of a a teaching game. A friendly game, yeah. And I put down the Wayland ID, and the guy's already petrified. He's like, I, I got blown up by him last game. I'm like, well... Like, You'll get blown up again like, this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That's what Wayland does. Yeah, and, and so he, but he was so scared, he just wouldn't run on anything. He's like, who's then you're going to see source and double scorch me? He's like, well... Yes, I suppose that's that's true. That's possible, but, but like but this is why we have yeah, ag- agoraphobes, so right? We have agoraphobic yeah. people because they don't go outside because they're too scared that something bad's gonna happen to them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, yeah, like, I think I think he 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 grasped that he should be running. Yeah. More, yeah. By the end of the game, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I get really, I almost get offended when people assume that I'm just out to flatline them. Um, <laughs> I run. It I, is. I mean, it is I, very I, brutish. Yeah, like I've run one Scorched Earth and I, and I run two Archive Memories, but um, like, so I'll mid-season someone and they'll have a ton of tags like, okay, just Scorch me. I'm like, oh, really? That's not what I'm gonna, that's not what I'm gonna do with the tags. <laughs> Hang on, you know, be, be, use your imagination. What do I do? I look evil? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of mid-seasons and a ton of tags, that's right. We can the, move on. No, yes, that was right. That was a squeal. Oh, that was a squeal. Yeah, yeah. It's a feedback. <laughs> feedback. It's a feedback. <laughs> The, no, um, I'm sorry. That was me. I'm, I love NVN so much. And, and this is why we specifically had Lee on this cast. Yes, Because the final corporation we haven't talked about before is NBN, which I don't think it ever actually reveals what it stands for. Network Broadcast News. Oh. Earth Bro- it, it's, so, it's like it, Evil it's Fox, actually, right? I looked, on the, I looked on the wiki. There's three different ac- acronyms. Network Broadcast News. Net Broadcast Network and Near Earth Broadcast Network, I think. Oh wow, that's, yeah, that's um, like a, 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 a dub, like a tripled acronym. That's that's yeah. There's three. <laughs> there are three different acronyms over the lifespan of the corporation. Um, oh man! Form- oh, that's cool. They were formerly headquartered in San San, but have relocated to New Angeles in Broadcast Square. Cool. And uh, for those <laughs> that don't know, San San is the fictional city of San Diego and San Francisco merging into a mega city. Yes, that's that's. Yeah. A- and this isn't. Actually, something that was derived from Netrunner. Right. I don't remember the guy's name, but there was like a, a futurist slash urban planner in like the 60s or the 70s who hypothesized at some point in the 21st century there'd basically be this city that stretched from San Diego to, to San, San Francisco. Francisco. That'd be um, San San, which yeah. is pretty. And awesome. then they have uh, Chi Lo, which is what Chicago to I- Illinois. No. Yeah, what? I, so I, yeah, I mean, the, I the chai, of course, seems like Chicago. Chicago, but Chicago I can, to Louisiana, maybe? Oh, I don't know. Wow, that'd New be Orleans. really big. Oh, God, that'd be huge. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the Android wiki says there's also, like, Bow Wash, like Boston to Washington, is another oh, cool. massive yeah, that, megalopolis that, that, that I don't think features in the card game. I love that but. stuff. Yeah, Man, that's, that's so that's, cool. That's <laughs> another one that I've heard of, like... As a, as a thing that would potentially exist in the world. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, Chilo still mystifies me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, NBN. Right. NBN. It is, yeah. it, is, it is a cool corporation. The best corp. <laughs> it's the best corp. Um, Sunshine Yellow. It's Google. It's Facebook. That's true. It's Fox News. It, it, it does, like... While the while the other corporations do definitely also have like their particular cyberpunk cyberpunk dystopian flavor, like this one definitely feels v- very evocative in that regard. Like it is it is Big Brother, it is yeah. it is the one that is watching you all the time, and it tells you exactly what it what you want because it knows what you want because it's been building an algorithmic profile it of everything knows you've where done. You live. Yep. <laughs> and I always tell people, I'm like, listen, listen, NBN is not a bad corp. It's not evil. We just want to build a suite of lifestyle products and services tailored to your unique needs, and all we need to make that happen is a little bit of your personal information. <laughs> wow, you must be a really good NBN player. Like, <laughs> I, I, I guess, yeah, I am, actually. I'm a much better NBN. Like, my, my corp deck is very, very strong. I definitely win most of the time. And so, um, so sorry, you, do you do more making news, or do you do more the world is yours oh it's making news because i need the traces. right you need the traces mm. yeah yeah so yeah. that is kind of again the ids do a fantastic job of really exemplifying what this corporation is about right so nbn is obviously about a ton of traces like one of their identities gives them credits they can use for traces they without question have the most tracing ice and events operation uh, operations on events they they do the most traces of all the corporations for sure but they also have socks <laughs> <laughs> and they also have they're obviously one of the two along with hb but i think nbn is probably even better at it of uh, fast advancing agendas yeah. um, yes i i will i will finish them in the turn that he put them down yeah and that is kind of exemplified by the world is yours where right. you have fewer you have cards options. you can hold more in your hand for yep. your crazy combos and it's just about like scoring those agendas never leaving them exposed on the table so they're never vulnerable and then getting them out before the runner is like properly set up and can actually do anything with it yeah um yeah. certainly one of the uh dominant not dominant strategies but one of the more prominent strategies in in the game right now is like is fast advance. fast advance and just, nbn is allowing everyone to do that yeah with san san and whatnot <clears throat> And yeah, it's actually, I find it pretty hard um, to pull off Sansan because everyone just goes for it. Like, I almost, right. I, run, I run two of them, and, like, if I can, like, now I'm running that RSVP ice, and I'll try to get the Sansan behind that, but if I can't, um, it usually gets trashed. Um, so my backup plan is to mid-seasons and psychographics things, and if I can do, if I can psychographics, like, one Astro script, then I can just chain them for the rest of the game pretty well. Right, so. right. Well, we, well let's, let's talk agendas. Speaking of agendas, yeah, let's talk agendas. The the, <laughs> the NBN agenda, I'd say, without question, we wrote on the moon. Yeah, yeah. is AstroScript pilot it's program. Perfect. It's it's so cool thematically. It's awesome, and oh, it's, it's so cool thematically. Yeah. Initially, like, you're like wrote our name on, on the moon. Yeah, yeah initially, you're, you look at the card, you're like, oh, okay. I mean, so there's one. There's like both the mechanical realization and the thematic realization you have when you look at AstroScript. That is a double whammy. Initially, when sure. I saw, when you get in the course, that you're like, you can, it's like you can put a counter on there. You're like, okay, sure, but I can just do that on my turn and you put the counter in the moon yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like what's what's it's like okay i can put a counter on a card okay that's fine i guess but then you realize that the number of clicks the corporation has is very 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 tied to your ability to score agendas right so right. it's like when and it took me a while i don't know maybe because i was a bit slow in the uptake when it comes <laughs> to but you're like oh yeah of course you can't put down and score a three-point agenda in the same turn that's not possible 
But now Unless you have a Sans Sans Rest, yeah. 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 But now with Astro Astroscript, you totally can. And that's the point of that agenda. And then you and then you realize that you just have this kind of like this big know, explosion, yeah. Yeah. Usual suspects moment where you're like, <laughs> Oh God, I understand now. I understand it all. Um, yeah, it's so core to my strategy that if I run three of them and if two of them get stolen, I like I can mentally calculate my odds of winning based on what what the runner steals from me and what I score. And if two of the Astro scripts go, I don't care what else I have and what else they have. I'm like, it's going to be close. Yeah. 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 I, I think they actually printed a card that was too strong. Looking back, I'm like, I think that they realized that this card might be a little bit too, too good. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Cause, cause it, it's not that tough to score a three pointer. Yeah. It's not that tough, but scoring a three pointer that can make your next, three-pointer out of hand is uh, sorry two-pointer out of hand is yeah. crazy it's pretty crazy yeah three events mm. yeah but no like uh, so let's talk about more agendas yeah. uh breaking break, news breaking news is, is, is super fun do you yeah. i guess you run that as well uh, absolutely i love it because um it's a it's a really a win-win for me because i run mid-season replacements um which means oh, if the yeah. runner <laughs> if the runner steals an agenda there's a trace six at them which i then buff to a trace eight so like generally the runner will take between six to eight tags for stealing an agenda from me and that's all you need um, so, <laughs> really yeah so i'll put the breaking news out um and i'll put it like on a bernie smy or something to make it look more tempting and um so they'll run and they'll steal that and um then i can mid-seasons them if they don't steal it and it stays there then i spend two clicks to advance it and then the third click i can trash something because scoring it gives them two temporary tags that are only used on the turn that breaking news was scored in. Yep. Um, so I can use the third click to trash a resource um, and then they lose the tags, but um, that can be very helpful. Like I always go after the professional contacts with um, breaking news. Yep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, I'm like, well. You gotta, um, I, I gotta give a shout to Scott who came up with, I, I, I'm sure other people have, but they do, uh, you basically splash Amazon and Archers into your NBN deck. Amazon Industrial. Oh, wow. Sorry, yeah, Amazon Industrial complex so you score breaking news and then you force res an archer on an amazon and then you sack the breaking news and since the tags don't know that they're from breaking news because the breaking news is gone they actually keep the two tags yeah which is yeah. awesome which, <laughs> is, so which is an absolutely bonkers but still kind of hilarious way to force two tags on the runner yeah you can follow it with big brother as well yes. you that's, score breaking that's news true. and then play big brother yeah that is probably a way more way more doable sane way yeah. to do that <laughs> for sure for sure well, i took the big brothers out of my deck because um it was already pretty easy to tag the runner so they were just taking up space yeah do you use uh too good to be true uh-huh. Yeah, I run well. two of those. Oh, okay. the, the, um, newest, yeah. the newest, uh, the newest NBN, NBN agenda. agenda. And the second yeah. tra uh, ambush trap style agenda in the game, That's which right, is awesome. Yeah. It is, uh, yeah, the closest thing I have to traps is, like, I don't I don't actually have any traps, um, but the TGBT, TGTBT <laughs> is a three to score one point agenda. So, obviously, I never like being stuck in a situation where I have to score it. Um, but if the runner steals it, they get a tag. Yeah. Yes. I, even from 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 anywhere. Is yeah. that correct? From archives. Archives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is no which matter is where cool. they steal it from, they get a permanent yeah. tag. Yeah. So I'll I'll lay that out as a trap. Like mostly my traps were like put building really strong servers and then just putting like marked accounts inside of it and then they'll like, them, walk yeah. through a data raven. Yeah. They'll like walk through a data raven because they think there's an agenda in there. Um. So, but now I have those which um, are also nice for tagging if I can't find my data ravens. Yeah. yeah. Or to seal that deal if you're sitting yeah. at six points. And yeah. Just, yeah. And yeah. I guess crazily enough, potentially if someone did some Maker's Eye run or uh, had a bunch of R&D <laughs> interfaces or whatever, and they, mm, you know... Which you, is my weakness, yeah. basically. And you had the bad luck to have two of those, you know, right in sequence, potentially the runner could come away with like two or three tags. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
which, you know, balms the sting of losing two to three points of agendas a little bit, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, in general, I think NBN has some very, very strong very agendas. Very cool agendas, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. It is fun to play head games with. Um, I like to play Where's My Agenda, and I just like put things out and. Before I like the, my game changes once I get the runner into tag hell, but um, before then it's kind of funny because I almost want them to take something from me. Right. Yeah. As long as it's not my Astro script. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, did you ever think about restructure data pool? It's just no. I uh, it's too many points. I think. Sure. Um, sure. I I splash some pyrite ice um, and stuff, but I can't really keep people out. So I can't really put down anything that that juicy. <laughs> yeah, right. That's worth that many points, and that I can't finish in one turn. Um, it's just that would just be too uh, unstable for me. I do run two private security forces, and that's as much as I can do. Like if I mm. score them with psychograph, I'll, I'll score them with psychographics in one turn usually. Right. Um, if the runner is tagged, because then I can really basically just start killing. Them. Yeah, PSF lock um, for sure. Yes, um, in case people don't know, you can spend a click to do a meat damage if you have that agenda scored on a tagged runner. Yes. Yeah. Which is go- um, which usually puts them in a bad way because either they're trying to dump their tags so you can't keep beating them up, or they're trying to draw back up the cards you just sacked because yeah. you were just beating them up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of lose-lose for the runner once yeah. PSF is up. Yeah, and, and when I do have my one scorched, I can just click, click, and then scorched, and then it's usually, unless they're running some kind of defense against that, it is a good way to press the panic button if I might not win. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as NBN assets are concerned, of course, the biggest one... The Titan would be Jackson <laughs> Howard. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, I love Jackson Howard. Um, according to the Android Wiki, he is responsible <laughs> for um, developing children's edutainment at NBN. Oh, okay. Um, and then, yeah, and then if you follow this flavor throughout, um, like he's probably the original maker of Dinosaurus, which right. Chaos Theory has then retrofitted for her own purposes. Yep. Um, but okay, so I have this theory about Jackson Howard because I love him. It's this adorable card with this completely naive-looking, smiling man surrounded by toys, and I refuse to believe that he's evil. (laughs) I think think that the NBN is using his toy-making genius um, for ill purposes, and that he doesn't know... Oh, he's oblivious. Yeah, I think he's just... I think in order to live with myself, I think he's just a nice man who thinks he's making toys for kids. Um, That's what I believe, and I'm I'm sticking with that. Wow, you just made that card Um, way more heartbreaking than I I originally thought. (laughs) Yeah, I feel I feel bad for Jackson. I love him. I run three, um, because yes, he's key to um, he's key to getting through my deck quickly. Because if I install and res him, he's free, and then I can spend a click to drop two cards using him. And then anything that's in archive, I can remove Jackson from the game to shuffle three cards from archive back into um, R and D. Sometimes I choose the time that I do this, and sometimes the runner chooses it. (laughs) If they try to trash, if they try to trash Jackson, or if they try to run an archive, I have a way of rescuing agendas from them. um, and it's also, I, I rely so much on burst economy in my deck. I have three head funds, hedge funds and three sweeps weeks. So ideally, I put him away before um, there's three agendas in archive because then I can put my burst economy back in the deck and, and it becomes a renewable resource. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, hilariously, when when I set the call out for just a couple quick questions, Cy asked, why do you run Jackson Howard when he's so obviously a, quote, bad egg? <laughs> oh, no. See, he was trying to set me up to share my theory of the innocent and pure heart of Jackson Howard. Um, <laughs> I feel like they keep him locked in a ghost branch and Bernice Mai guards him and he's never able to... He doesn't understand. He just thinks he's making toys for kids. I think he's like a Willy Wong. Eternally childlike. It's like that the tinker. That, that, yeah, it's yeah. like Robin Williams yeah. from Toys. Yeah. Actually, like when it, I love to like read like, and, and this is you know I don't take myself too seriously on this. I love to like read heartbreaking fan fiction backstory into the executives of the corporations. Like um, so, <laughs> this so exists. If we could just just if you let me tangent to Byroid for one second. So oh yes. Director Haas. Director Haas has her son Thomas Haas, yep. who is like clearly like kind of a waster and like he's the source. So it means like if, if you're a runner and you're a good looking woman, you can get information out of him. And then he's depicted on the hostage card that you mentioned earlier, which, you know, basically it's suggested that he's actually kind of like a champagne socialist. And despite the fact that his mother runs Husbyroid, he has ties to the uh, the criminal organizations because I don't know, he's, he wants to be cool or he likes dangerous. So he kind of plays both ends. Yeah. So it's like here, this is like Director Haas is like this independent woman CEO and her son is like wayward and she's building all these artificial gorgeous life forms and it's like well they can't repair the whole entire family <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah so it's like I think that there's all these little tragic stories going on in the corpse and I I mean maybe I don't know what this says about me that I have deep sentimental compassion for people at corpse except for Elizabeth Mills I have no compassion for her oh uh, okay yeah she, <laughs> she, will, she seems, she she seems pretty vicious she wants to develop your neighborhood yeah, yeah. Um, TNT yeah yeah and, and she's, she's actually she's on the scorched earth card and um she whenever she i I, again i was reading the wiki again and (laughs) the android universe she's really keen to uh quote unquote redevelop parts of the urban landscape by sort of leveling it and rebuilding it like those are wayland projects and uh apparently if the runner is uh in a building that she can quote redevelop uh they would rather actually sacrifice the land um and, and harm the runner then and then rebuild in that location oh so yeah that's yeah so yeah anyway i just I, I mentioned earlier that one of the things that really draws me into netrunner is the storytelling and i think nbn has such good storytelling i really love uh, how tight and consistent its themes are with the breaking news and the mid-season replacements and the like tgb tgtbt is like a bitcoin like it yeah. literally has yeah, like yeah. A bitcoin the bitcoin logo, logo on it yeah on it so it's like well here's some currency but now it knows where you live yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it really is too good to be true traceable yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, also in, in terms of like thematic, I, 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 nobody plays it, but I love Ghost Branch. Yeah. Go- oh my god, I love. Go- well, see, I don't play it either because I can't get it to work. Because if nothing in my deck gets advanced more than once or twice, yeah, um, without being finished. Um, but I love the concept of it that it's just like you hack in and it's a false location. Like there's nothing actually there. Yep. The the cool thing about it on its own, it's okay. I mean, it does have the advantage of being the only trap in the game that's, that's advanceable right. that doesn't require money to use. Yeah. So even if you get account siphoned or vamp to nothing, it'll still go off, which is nice. Um, but it, I think in NBN, it combos very well with Trick of Light. You have to splash that yeah. in from Jinteki, but it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. you want to do the fast advance thing anyway, so you drop some advancement tokens on a ghost branch. If they run it, well, they got tags. Cool, now it's time for closed accounts or psychographics or whatever. And if they don't, yeah. then you got your battery for Trick of Lighting out, your Astro script, and then you're off to the races. Yeah, yeah. that's actually my, my sort of my plan um, 
Ghost Branch and Trick of the Light for my next NBN deck that I plan to build after this one. Nice. <laughs> cool. whenever I get, yeah, whenever I get tired of this one, which sh- I show no signs of getting tired of it yet. <laughs> it's just so fun. And, <laughs> you know, I understand that probably in the broader landscape of Netrunner players, it's not, you know, it's probably particularly, it's not especially innovative, but I find that people are so surprised by it when I play it here, and that makes it fun for me. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, we've mentioned it quite a bit before, but mid-seasons mid-season replacements is definitely one of the big, big iconic yeah. nbn operations for sure right yeah yes cost you three but three bucks to play it five actually five yeah. okay yeah right it's yeah. five bucks to play it and you can only play it the turn after an agenda was scored but mm-hmm. you drop a big old trace five as uh, trace six trace six on, uh, basics, oh basically. my god i have the two credits for buffing traces so i'll i will always make it a trace eight. right and so then, and then the runner receives as many tags as your trace extre- exceeds their link strength. Yeah. Which is so that- either you're costing the runner a mountain of money yep. or giving them a mountain. Of- and usually, like, it's just even if they have the cash, it's usually just such like a gut punch moment. People just be like, OK, fine, whatever. And just, yeah. and just take all the tags. <laughs> and it also sounds like, Lee, it sounds like you're running not big three point agendas. So, no, you have um, you, you have a lot of windows to be playing this card. Yes, exactly. Um, because I'd like to be able... I mean, really, the purpose of the tags for me is to psychographics things. Um, and I, I can't do one of those, like, psycho beals for 11 credits because I'll never have 11 credits. But, you know, I can do one for five. Or, right. like, there, the other day I psychographics an ice wall. And it was awesome, <laughs> like because I had I like I had like one point left to score or something, and um, the runner kept getting into R and D. So I psychographicsed an ice ball for like five credits or something. Oh, suddenly, of course you can. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. I never thought about that. Oh man, that's that's actually kind of awesome. Wow. That's... Yeah, it really. I, I, <laughs> it never actually occurred to me that I could do that, and I was like, why don't I just do that? Oh, and, wow. uh, crazy. It, suddenly, it's like a strength six piece of ice, um, like a strength six barrier, which was super fun. Um, but yeah, I usually, I, I'll use it to get agendas through. And then the secondary purpose of the tags is to destroy resources. And then, of course, I always have a Scorch and an Archive t- that I can do um, right. as a last resort if I don't. I don't like winning that way because my I, I, I like to think that when my deck is working as it's supposed to, it's a miracle of elegance and efficiency and I shouldn't need to brutishly <laughs> Scorch anybody. Yes. But I will if I have to. If I'm going to lose, I'll Scorch them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Psychographics is definitely another big, iconic NBN agenda Yeah. where it's like, it's, it, is, it has a cost of X, and X is the number of tags up to the number of tags the runner currently has, and you play it, and you spend that many credits, and you put that, man, that many advancement counters on any card you want. Yeah, I f- and you, It doesn't have to be all of them. Like, yes. let's say they have eight right. tags. You can spend eight credits if you have it, or you could just do four. So, mm-hmm. like, I will... Like, it, let's say my sand sands are gone, all psychographics to get through a private security force, which um, is uh, my highest... It's the highest value agenda in my deck, so... Right. right. Yeah, I I do love that that NBN has the ability of like the more I pay on traces, the more the greater effect it is. Yeah, like we're looking at um, invasion of privacy is another yeah. is a double event that's the same kind of thing. Yeah, where you get to mm-hmm. pick out their hand and just start taking out all the events, uh, events and resources. Yeah, sorry, events yeah. and resources. Yeah, that's another thing that NBN does. So while all the other corporations have a flavor of damage that is very much theirs, right? Like Genteki is all about net damage, HB is all about brain damage, and yep. Wayland is obviously all about meat damage. NBN has this ability to to like remove like cards precision. from the runner's hand without it ever being considered damage, right? Mm. Like that's what Invasion of Privacy does. That's what Snoop does. Snoop, yep. Which is actually yep. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. As, as it's and, t- oh, and even uh, to a lesser extent, Data Hound. 
Yeah. Because it's diving into your R&D, and it's sniping out a card. Like, it's yeah. taking out uh, precision resources or precision cards. Which yeah, is that is... Cool. Like, so, I think both Snoop and Data Hound are kind of undervalued cards, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, Data... I don't play... Th- I don't play them as well. Those are ones that in my next NBN deck, the one that uh, the one that'll have the assets that I don't use now, um, I would like to try to incorporate those somehow because, um, yeah, I just don't have the money to spend on ice that doesn't keep the runner out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're really, really interesting. Yeah, Data Hound, it is so cheap to res. I mean, it's low strength. It's only two strength, but mm-hmm. it's only one to res, and you get a trace two, and then... It's the same kind of thing where it's like for however many points your trace exceeded the runner's link, you get to look at the top however many X cards that is in their R&D. You throw away one and then you reorganize the rest however you want. And like that's huge. Which is actually basically like an indexing on the runner. Yeah. And you're (laughs) like, oh, you need these breakers. So I'll put them at the bottom. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I'll throw away the corroder and I will put the fairy at the bottom. And on top of it is like two expensive pieces of hardware right have fun yeah (laughs) yeah i love that about nbn it's that like usually it's the corp who's worried about the runner taking things from them but it's like oh i can take things from you yeah yeah that's a good you can you can have my agendas but i will have your whole life and everyone you love (laughs) (laughs) what other um you you mentioned that data raven is a big thing you use a lot in your decks right I, I do, at least early on, um, once I mid-season, the, the downside of that, like, the people are terrified of a data raven. It's so funny. Like, I will put, like, something, like, a marked accounts behind a data raven in the hopes of tempting the runner to run and get tagged. But they would, ra- people would rather end the run than take one tag a lot of the time. Um, they're really, for some reason, they're really frightened of data raven until, obviously, until they're in tag hell, and then they have, they don't care if they get right. tagged, so yeah. they'll just start walking in it. But that's where you um, want them, I guess, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My, um, I focus on really low-cost ice that um, I can sort of stack. Like, I'll put a pop-up window behind an RSVP these days, which is fun. Um, yes, which and, is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, let's see. I actually, I don't, what MVN ice do I run? I have, um, I have a TMI, I have pop-up window, and I have RSVP and Data Raven. And the rest is uh, imported from elsewhere. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't run it. Actually, Data Raven's my most expensive piece of ice in my deck. So Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. RSVP was in the latest data pack. Uh, if anyone yeah. hasn't seen that yet, it is a three cost to res, four strength code gate. And the only thing it does is the runner cannot spend credits for the rest of this run, which means they cannot spend credits on icebreakers. They cannot spend credits to trash agendas. If to you score have, agendas. If they have a red herrings, they can't spend any money to either trash the red herrings or pay the extra cost to steal the agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, can't, they cannot spend anything. Yeah, they can't steal a fetal AI, which means basically if you have RSVP in front of any other piece of ice, it ends the run regardless of what the other piece of ice is. Right. As long as it itself also ends the run as long as they can't break in you know once they start breaking it it's, it's pretty easy for them but yeah couple coupling that with other ice is super fun and putting it in front of because it's sort of like let's say if i put like a marked accounts behind it like already that's going to be five for them to trash are they really going to like break the break the ice to get to a marked account so they're going to spend like eight eight credits denying me a very small economic drip like, right probably not and an, an econ drip that costs you nothing aside from a click occasionally yeah yes exactly yeah how, how about so, uh how, how about their illicit ice uh muckracker 
Oh, Muckraker, um, yes. I loved that, and I was running it for a while, and basically I've played so many games with this deck that it occurred to me that I cannot spend five credits or more on anything that isn't mid-seasons or Sansan. Um, so I couldn't really, yeah, again, mm. I couldn't really afford it. That's, um, that's fair. Um, I, I found uh, splashing it in, into Wayland was really fun because... Uh, it trashes programs, right? Uh, no, 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 sure. just because uh, Muckraker... You're, you're you're looking at like a crazy amount of traces yeah, and, it's, and it's, tags. Yeah. It's, and oh, there's four, there's like four subroutines on it or something. Yeah, exactly. And each one is a cascading trace strength where it's just it's trace one, trace two, trace three, and then it's if successful, give the runner a tag on each of those. And yeah. then the final yeah. subroutine is if the runner is tagged and the, the run. run. So that's why I find it's more powerful out of faction than a data raven because it, mm-hmm. because muckraker, if you plant into it, you're 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 getting a schwack of tags and we're stopping you. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I even splashed it over a Chilo. And so if you do a, chi- wow. a Chilo Muckracker. Oh my and God. Was, and yeah. Waylon has the money to kind of do that. It, was, uh-huh. it, it felt kind of neat because I, like, I was like doing NBN stuff with, with Wayland Economy. Right. Which, which is, is just like, gross. Well, it was like it would probably be the, the craziest merger in, in the Android universe. <laughs> but. Yeah, I've often, I've often thought that that would be a really good merger in myself. <laughs> that, that combination is very appealing because I'm always playing this deck and there's all these things I want to do. And I have to be really, really focused because I don't have a lot of – like my weakness is that like – I never have more than 12 credits, like, basically. Mm. Um, so it's like, um, you know, wouldn't this be cool if I had more money? How do I have more money? Oh, I should run away and I can splash these. Could be an interesting thing to experiment with in the future. Yeah, it could be super fun. I'd like to see some people try it. Yeah. I mean, the one, I think we might have talked about this as a touch when we talked about Wayland, but the one psychological advantage ha- you have playing Wayland is even if you run zero Scorched Earths, people will worry that you are running Scorched Earth. Yeah, which yeah. means that usually they'll be they'll have a little bit more trepidation. They might play it a bit more safe before they get a Plascrete out. And if you're not yeah. running Scorch Earth, you can use that time to set up a bunch of other good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, NBN upgrades. I mean, of course, again, the Titan is, is definitely Santan City. Plus Santan, yeah. yeah, yes. It is. It is yeah. f- the the key kind of the keystone between that and Astro Script of most Wayland fast advanced strategies. Where, of course, it's got a big heavy cost to res. But it also has a big, huge, heavy cost to trash. Yeah. Um, five credits to trash, and then you just any card on it requires one less token advancement token to score. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Yeah, I find their 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 the regions are quite cool. Like yeah. Ch- Ch- Child is another one with an insane trash cost. Like no it's, one's gonna want to pay six. I think it's is it the only six trash cost card in the game? It could be. Wow. It might be. Yeah. And with Chilo, it's every any time there's a successful trace on that server the runner gets a tag. So if it's like a hunter, the runner gets two tags. Yeah. If it's something else like... If it's a, vi- a viper. Fl- a yeah, viper. a viper or a freaking flare or whatever, um, yeah. the terrible thing happens, but then they also still get a tag. And as long as you can make those tags stick, no yeah. no one is ever going to blow pay up a, a trash as Chilo. So it's like, for all intents and purposes, it's just there for the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you, if if you have a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of extra money, you, even the trace that you need to succeed to keep TMI resed, even that can work to give somebody a tag with That's Trilo, right. which yeah. is just nuts. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, even though not a lot of folks play it, I actually like Red Herrings quite a bit as well. Red Herrings is pretty awesome. I have uh, that in my my puny strike deck. That's hilarious and really either wins or loses. Yeah, because it's. Um, I oh sorry, uh, Lee. I actually play a, a punitive Counter Strike deck. That's uh, oh my favorite. That, that's, <laughs> that's, it's it's uh, the world is yours. You basically just run 
you, you splash three neural katanas and three punitive counter strikes, and all only six agendas, all the five for three. Yeah. And then you just kind of put them down when you have enough punitive strikes, and you can win on the second oh, yeah. turn. It's like hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> but but it, yeah, I think Quinn's has been doing something similar. Oh, great. To that. Yeah. It's really, really gross. It, 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 <laughs> like, well, you've just taken all the fun out of this game. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's great with with red herrings because they'll 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 score it and they'll pay the five if they last clicked it or something, and then they're out of money, and then your 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 punitive strike will hit them most likely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, because I, I guess they probably blew other money paying for the red herring so they don't have free money to pay down the trace, the trace for the punitive yeah. counter-strike yeah, oh gross I do, I do like red herrings quite a bit yeah but it's like three to trash isn't it red herrings is just one just one yeah oh yeah it's really really so you so, you, so, so, like... so usually you will just run it again you'll run it trash it and then just run the server again yeah so it's gone yeah but yeah, it, I almost like I like using my assets and upgrades as trick like I like to trick the runner into running through ice and spe- like I like to just wear them down right and like that doesn't really that doesn't help me do that because they'll just trash it as soon as they see it. Sure, yeah. but they were they'll have to run on your server again, and if your server yeah. has like a toll booth and a bunch of other crap, then it's still going to be pretty costly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or RSVP. RSVP so, plus red herrings yeah. makes makes yeah makes your agendas unstealable until they get their decoder, yeah. which is yeah, usually that was, that was my thinking. That was my thinking, but. Um... Yeah, that, I could never really get that combo to work in, in my deck yeah. with RSVP and Red Herrings together. Yeah, it is combo-y for sure. It is definitely combo Yeah. Cool. Um, any any other final NBN-related thoughts? Well, you, uh, like, I guess, uh, um, I'm thinking about Ice. Do we talk about some of those? Sweeps Week. Yeah, sweeps. Oh, of course. We, <laughs> we missed Sweeps Week. Sweeps Week is the card. How you can't miss Sweeps Week. Yeah, it's, Sweeps Week is the card that they don't need Wayland's help anymore. Yes. I found, right? Uh-huh. Like, you don't need Beanstalk Royalties anymore because you're running Sweeps Weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um that was also in the latest data pack. So if folks aren't familiar, Sweeps Week is a one, yeah, it costs one, one credit. Yes. Yeah, it's right? a yeah. one credit operation, and you receive a number of credits equal to the number of cards in the runner's grip. So most of the Someday time, I'm going to have two of them in an opening hand against Andromeda, and, and all yep. of my tears are going to be worth it. Yep, yep, that's yep. going to be it. Yeah, that's that's someday, that's, you guys. Yeah, that's the moment. When, I mean, in general, it's like oh, it's probably about at worst, it's a free mean stock. At best, it's a nice hedge fund. Well, one Except, cost hedge fund. Yeah, one's cost yeah. hedge fund, which is awesome. Except that opening turn against Andromeda, or in the crazy situation where you're running against someone with public sympathy, yeah. then it's just a comedy amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's and it is and a like- tra- it isn't a transaction, so Wayland can't use it. Yes, which is a bummer. Well, I mean, they can't get the extra bonus money. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're saying. And I really like the synergy that it has with Scorched in my deck as well because I can ask at any time how many cards are you holding, <laughs> and like you know, and they won't know why I'm asking. Um, right. And so it really, it really helps me from tipping off the runner for when I'm holding that card. Um, oh, and, right, 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 right. And it's an, it puts them in a nice position because they worry about you know I'll notice that like they notice that I can make money off of their hand, so they try to keep a light hand, but then they learn that I have Scorched Earth, and then they draw back up again. So it's like, it's, it's a really nice head game to play with the runner. Yeah, you, and anytime you can get someone into, this, into the situation of damned if you do, damned if you don't, yep. you're in a good way. <laughs> and and I, liked, I like to be able to say, how, hold, up, hold up your hand, let me see how many cards you're holding, because you know, not every runner will always hold up their hand so that you know how many they have. Yeah. And, uh, and they won't know why I'm asking, and that's, that's nice, I like that. Yeah, I put mine on the floor. <laughs> I just put my hand <laughs> for for a while, I, I realized that it's it's like it's not it, it's good to have that stuff be available so someone could see it. But there are times when I'd like if I have a pocketed shirt, as soon as I finish my turn, I just put my cards in my pocket. Cool, your turn go. I've seen people do that. But it's like okay, yes, the other person should be able to see how many cards you have. But it was just kind of like a 
I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was probably a douche move. Yeah, you, you just yeah. put doubles in, in your shirt pocket and pull up. Right <laughs> it's my sideboard. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a magician. <laughs> um, I'd probably ask even if I could see it because it shakes them a little bit. And they're like, why? Why do you want to know? Yeah. You know? No, there's there's like, again, this is there's interesting like in-person bluffs plays you yes. could do, right? Or things yes. like that. Or you like if you're playing Jinteki, you put down a snare. And then you mm-hmm. act like you kind of hold a credit token near it, so you're like, "Oh, am I going to advance yeah. this or not?" I, then, I, that's so I do things like that too. And then you totally. say, "Okay, no, I'm going to put it away." And then they run it. You're like, "Oh, it's just a snare." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I start like um, when I want. Like sometimes, like if I think that I can win, if I've if I've scored both my astro scripts or something, and I'm just waiting for the next agenda, and I'm trying to waste the runner's time, um, I'll put like I'll put uh, like an upgrade on an asset behind something, and it won't be an agenda. And I'll start counting like I'm gonna res my Sansan. Like I'll pull I'll push aside six credits. No, that'll do it. And like, oh no, what is she preparing to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> then they, then they'll run at it, and it'll just be like Bernie Smile on a marked accounts in there or something. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Well, that was that. That was NBN. NBN is definitely, I think, one of the the more interesting corporations to play, just in terms of like. Thank you. The, I feel very personally honored by that. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like all the different things you can do, like they have a lot of interesting options. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, all the, all the corporations do, of course, but theirs especially feel very different and unique. Yeah. yeah. So it, it like it's if anything, it's a touch unfortunate that a lot of people I think just see them as like, oh, it's the Sand Sand Fast Advanced Corporation. That's what you do with it. Right. That's like, well, yeah. yeah or, I mean, or you sit down and you're like, oh, so tag and bag. I'm like, no, swag and bag, boy. <laughs> <laughs> is it is is that the moniker for your deck, swag and bag? Yeah, it kind of, yeah, it, that's the unofficial moniker. Yeah, I, um, I approve of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, I I, I love the, uh, the the precision NBN brings to it because like cards like flare. That's like a very specific amount of power it's, yeah. it's like it's like a laser yeah. beam uh, yeah and a laser yeah. a laser beam aimed directly at your desperado yeah that's right yeah which is really nice because i think that's i mean aside from power shutdown which i guess can and power grid overload yeah and power grid overload those are the only i think three ways to get rid of hardware hardware i mean in, in, aside from like project aries where it's just trash any yeah. card yeah um Oy. yeah it's it's cool mm-hmm. sweet okay well we do have one bit of this isn't really a question per se it is just a fantastic thematic obligation that someone sent in that i, I thought i had to share because oh, it, is, it is really really cool so this is from okay ben villeneuve depending Boy. on how french he is well, I'd, well, I'd love to get back to you on that one. Yes. <laughs> so he said, uh, I started playing Netrunner after Nels' appearance on Idle Thumbs. It sounded like a cyberpunk dream game, and it turned out to be just that. Recently, yes. I was playing with a friend, and we realized something about the thematic flavor. Netrunner has runner and corp themed names uh, for so many things that exist on both sides. You know, stack, R&D, heap, archives, grip, HQ. But only one word for turn phases, clicks. Uh, for the runner, this feels right, evoking as it does a hacker clicking furiously trying to break into servers. But for the corp, it just doesn't quite work. Corp is more of a defensive game where your actions feel more like political maneuverings or backroom deals. So then we came up with our own bit of f- flavor. PowerPoint wow. slides. Now, any action the corporation <laughs> takes brings to mind the image of an executive in a suit advancing to a slide with an order written on, written on it in the most palatable business speak possible. So, <laughs> clicking awesome. through a slide deck—that wow. is—that is actually awesome. 
Yeah. Oh wow. That yeah, that is really good imagery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I approve. I approve of that heartily. I have no idea if that would. I don't even know if the. I think the term for actions is being clicks. I don't know if that was an import from the original. No, it was nineties game. Okay, it was called something else in the first one. I'm pretty. It's sure. probably just like actions or turns or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no. The the I. Even though some people grouse about it, and I guess it hypothetically increases the the learning curve of the game at the beginning a little bit, I think the thematic language for all of the, like, resources in the game is a very, very, very smart move. (laughs) Yeah. That if it was just, like, your deck and your hand, like... The game would lose yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Without question, the game would lose something. Um, I really like the spatial relations that it has. Like oh, yes. Like building servers and, and stuff. You really, at first, it seems really inscrutable. It was a hard thing for me to kind of understand at first. But once you have your rig and the corp has their ice and their servers, you really start to feel, you develop a visual model of the game that actually feels like a real place. And I think that the yeah. language helps with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, you, um, Jesse, you recently played the Android Infiltration card game. Which is which is a card it's game a board, like a board like game. A board, uh, it's, a yeah. Board, yeah. it's a board game where the pieces cards. happen to be designed. Cards. I believe you might need to correct me, but I think the Dominion guy made it. Oh, really? I believe it was. Oh, the I Dominion forget his guy. name, but yeah, that's cool. I'll but defi- it's, but it's, correct me if I'm wrong. It's but not I'm, a deck building game, right? No, no, no. It's a it's a it's takes place in the Android universe, and you're you're uh, you're hack you're a team of hackers that you know you're not really a team. You're you're kind of like a team until we need to get the hell out of here, right? And then and, it's every man for oh, definitely. For so you're actually going through this 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 building while the cops are coming, and the cops are coming by the roll of a d6 every turn. Oh, um, and what's great is. Uh, if you ex- if you extract money from a room, if if I if I extract money from a room alone, then I get four bucks. If me and Nels extract money, then we each only get two. If oh. me and Nels and Lee extract money from the same room, we each only get one. Oh, and it's, crazy! And it's uh, you put down the orders face down, so no one knows what anyone else is doing. Uh, and so you're advancing this thing, and then there's oh, like whoa. a couple show yeah, up. Yeah, the board game sounded really fun. I learned about it on the wiki because it was where I got a lot of the added uh, flavor for the. For, for elements in the universe of the card game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's so, and it, it's like about a twenty-minute game. It's super quick. So there's that's no, really cool. And it's 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 fun, especially when you uh, you're right at the exit and uh, someone blows up an entire room with C four, and they're everybody's wounded, so they're crawling back to escape. But then you like pull the fire alarm, basically, and then the cops come even faster, and then you escape. And it, oh know. whoa, okay, this is really rad. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there there are two Android-based board games. There's the one that's just called Android, which it's, I think was the thing that kind of set all this off. Yeah, um, I've heard that's okay. Okay, but it's it, it's it has a re- learning cliff. It yeah. is a cliff of learning. Like, yeah, apparently so it's really big and kind of long, um, kind of Arkham Horror-y, Yeah, I guess if that's a board game that people are maybe slightly more familiar with. But then this other one, Android Infiltration, it's it's, it's quick, it's super quick, really lightweight, and you actually got that as at a at a prize at our first tournament. That's right, right. it was a prize. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's that's very awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, now okay, now yeah, we got to play that sometime. It yeah, really for cool. sure. I'm, I'm playing it this Sunday if you want to come. Oh, know. maybe. You should bring it to the next tournament at least. I will, we can I will. play it in between rounds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we better wrap up. But speaking of tournaments, leave very good luck yeah. tomorrow. Oh, thank you. I will definitely email and I'll let you know how we do. It's yes. be, and, and then you can tell Sneaky Sly because he, he always posts every tournament winning decklist so you can give him oh, your wow. swag and bag and that'll be great <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that would be nice um unf- i mean i understand that um particularly um my decks are both really high risk high rewards so that makes it hard for them to be consistent so i know that that might uh, affect my chances of doing really well in a tournament but um that's the I've right way to play as hard as i can and i really have fun with it and i'm proud of myself for trying something new i'm really happy to have come to the game and uh 
yeah, we'll see how it goes. It'll be it'll be interesting and fun. That's a great, yeah. great. That's that's a super. It's, it's also a super story how you got into it. Uh, totally yeah. out of your comfort zone. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really yeah. cool. Um, I really like a lot of people have been asking me now because uh, you know I, I have a mostly video game audience, and um, there are people who really get carried away by you know enthusiasm for things. So when they see me tweeting and writing so much about it, you know all these people are now tweeting to me that they're trying it even though they don't play card games either. And I'm like, yes, if I can do it, you can do it. Like, ah, that's really awesome. Not yeah. something that I thought I'd be good at, and if I can do it, anyone can. Ah, that's yeah. so cool. And video games are covered in hype. Like it's the most hyped yes. up industry ever. So yeah, it's cool. yes. yeah, yeah. I, I think in the near future we we will have a slightly more gamesy related the, the crossover between video game stuff and this stuff sometime not before long so everybody here's in games stay tuned even our, yeah. our yes. audio guy here's in games that's true like everybody's in games thanks again kevin yeah <laughs> um so uh and if folks want to check out more of your writing uh where where would they do that lee um Everything is linked on my website, leealexander.net, and that's where I post uh, all my regular articles from sites across the web and some information on a book I wrote lately. So if people want to read my work, that's where to find yes, it. Yes, you just wrote a book. A book? What? Which, congratulations. Yeah, well, an e-book. It's not, a, it's not a real book. It's a digital Those book. are real books now. That's a real book. <laughs> Those are definitely a real book. And it's, it is, it's called The Thinking Machine, right? Breathing the machine. breathing machine. That's what it is. Which <laughs> they're the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's smart enough to be thinking. It's just kind of gulping open mouth. <laughs> but I mean, totally. Also, there could totally be a Netrunner card card called the breathing machine. That's that's true. That sounds totally like a console or something. Yeah, I feel like if if anyone were to read my book, they would understand why I was so easily attracted to Netrunner because the the universe of Netrunner sort of captures the magic of the internet as imagined like as a real place with its janky little rules and its weird little social groups and its cults and and um that's that's sort of the the internet culture i was raised on in the 90s that i think netrunner pays tribute to oh yeah um yeah so i'm, I'm really into that so i think that sort of also helps explain my attraction to netrunner awesome cool. well, yeah if folks are interested they should definitely check that out it's Gee. on kindle kobo amazon all it yeah, all, all that yeah, stuff very right? good yeah cool. google play um yeah it, it, all these stuff is on my website if people Sweet. are interested Christ, what a, love if people check what, out my work Nice. What, a, what a super guest, Jesus! Yeah, that's hardcore. <laughs> we only we only get the finest for so. you, the readers. We should really quit after this. To, you know. Maybe go go out on a high note. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like I'm so excited that you guys had me. I told all my friends. I was I was really really flattered to be asked on, and, and really glad that um, there was room for a fairly new player to also get to share enthusiasm about the game. And I think it just, it speaks to the, the awesomeness of the Netrunner community that it looks like this horrible, intimidating thing, but it's actually just really fun and no one is going to leave you out for not being super awesome at it. Yeah. And super welcoming. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. I, I don't know. I've said this before, but I don't know what it is about the kind of people it attracts, but it just seems to attract rad folks. Yeah. 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 It really does. Yeah. It's really cool. Okay, well, um, it, as always, folks are more than welcome to email us with questions, thoughts, feedback, whatever, uh, Terminal7 at idlethumbs.net. Um, you can follow us, uh, follow us on Twitter, just at Term7 with the numeral 7. Um, and uh, thanks to our standard, normal uh, recording engineer, Mac, Matt Martinson, who couldn't be here this week. But as always, you should definitely check out Matt's weird, ambient, dark electronic music, which is cool and bizarre, but also really good and weird. And Jesse did the art for Matt's latest EP. Oh, yes. And it's really cool. The, the whole album has the weird, like, I don't know if it's just the, the, the cover piece it kind of set my expectations or set the way I was thinking about it, but it has this weird, like creepy outer spacey vibe to it. That is weird. Wow. It reminds me of the swapper. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is like very sterile alien, but 
like menacing but still kind of like enticing a little bit right yeah anyway that that you should all check that stuff out it's matt-esque m-a-t-t-e-s-q-u-e dot bandcamp.com uh thanks to our recording engineer for this particular episode kevin regami um if you need any kind of audio for anything ever daily needs daily anything, needs really whatever if you need him to record your wedding yeah. he will do that <laughs> probably not no, but he, 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 he does real professional work through power up audio um was it just powerupaudio.com.net? Yeah. Powerupaudio.com. You can check that out. And then finally, thanks again to Ed Harrison for letting us use his song Tin Soldiers from the Neo Tokyo soundtrack. Uh, you should totally check that out. It's fantastic. It's a great album. It's super long, too. It's like 26 tracks that oh. will get through, that get you through a good five, six games on Octagon or <laughs> doing a bunch of real work. <laughs> and all that is at edharrison.bandcamp.com. Yeah. <laughs>